0: Against a crown on its feet. Aaron for the Sneaker History Podcast. Hello everybody.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. I'm chilling here with Lee Beecroft while I fight off my cat from jumping up on our, on my lap. How you doing, Liz? I'm I'm sure you know cat life.
2: <laughs> yes, I do actually. He's probably scratching at the door right now trying to get in here. So it's a fun life. <laughs>
1: It's a great one, especially when you lock them out and they're like, hey, I'm on the other side of this. I'll never and, uh, let you forget.
2: <laughs> never, yeah. ever. Ever. Nope.
1: How's yeah. life in Brooklyn today? How you doing?
2: I'm good. Brooklyn's good. Um, the weather's starting to get warmer, which is very nice. I'm very excited for that. Uh, but yeah, a nice, relaxing Sunday. Um, All star weekend. So looking forward to watching the game later and just taking it laying low taking Man. it and yeah
1: all-star weekend unlike any other but still it's all-star weekend it's great to see LeBron playing after saying like ah, I don't know if I want to or not I think in the back of all our heads we knew he was going to but it's just it's good to see some exhibition game um, and that's why you're such a, a special host I mean pardon me special guest it's because you really bridge so many different things sneaker history is passionate about. Basketball would probably be the number one sport amongst us here at the site and podcast. So just the energy of All-Star Weekend, have you had a chance to go to one before?
2: That is on my bucket list. Um, I feel like every All-Star Weekend, I'm either traveling or I have like other stuff going on. So Mm -hmm. um, this year, I was hopeful that I'd be there, but uh, COVID happened. So here I am in Brooklyn today. But
1: that's all good.
2: Yeah, I'm there in spirit, and that's all that matters.
1: What's your favorite All Star Weekend? is growing up. Like, what's your what's one of your oh, one of your favorite All Star Weekend? Doesn't have to be the end all be all favorite. Just one that pops to mind.
2: <sighs> probably t- two thousand and three, just because back then that was probably like the epitome of my life, where basketball really was like everything. And I'll never forget like the T max the patent red and blue T max that dropped for mm-hmm. All Star Weekend. So that. Yeah, that's like probably one of my favorites. Also, just like you know, ai prime and all of those guys that I grew up on and that I've looked up to and admired. So, yeah, taking it back to the early 2000s for
1: sure. land of the bigs, where you have like Dirk, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan all on the same side, just like and Yao and Shaq. I know, yeah, it's, it's some combination yep. of just crazy height, and that was so much fun. Um, we're going to go back through memory lane. I'm going to come back to Iverson in a moment because you're one of many, many people who, who know Iverson as a special person in their formative years. But, um, we're going to be talking about mental health, sneakers, things you like about sneakers, um, how basketball and sport on a larger scale merge with what you do and how that merges with sneakers and kind of just how you found a way to make a ball of loves dribble it and then shoot your shot and make it it feels like you're pretty good you're pretty good at that um it's a common theme to have people say that like once you find what you're good at or what you're passionate about find a way to make it like your job and and you'll be successful so let's jump back to iverson i want to say at least six people I know that I've come onto this podcast not not with like not withholding in life but why Iverson he's like so special to so many people but why do you
2: Yeah I I grew up in Pennsylvania in a really okay. small town um so just because I'm from PA naturally I grew up a Sixers fan um I'm from about an hour north of Philly and I think at the time like my parents had signed me up for basketball when I was like three or four. So I've basketball has always been a huge part of my life. Um, and it's really like I, I'm an only child, so it's where I found some of my best friends, some of my teammates were really family to me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, really the sport that I – I wanted to be an NBA player when I grew up. It wasn't about going to the WNBA. I wanted to be the first female in the NBA. Obviously, that did not happen. <laughs> but, I mean – AI at the time was obviously, like, you think of Philly back in 99 to 2000, early 2000s. AI is the person that you think of. Obviously, like, Matumbo, Eric Snow, you name it. But
1: McNabb. But that's the <laughs> Eagles are a whole different disappointment. Oh.
2: <laughs> so. I met Terrell Owens once uh, when he was at the Eagles, which is a whole other story. But nice. AI for me, I think... First and foremost, I had the biggest crush on AI. I wanted to marry AI. He was my boyfriend, husband, you name it. But I also wanted to play like Allen Iverson. I idolized this man. Like, he did no wrong in my eyes. Everything he did on the court, I tried to imitate in my game and how I played. We were the same position, point guard. Um, And what I really loved about AI was just, he was so scrappy. And... Whatever he put his mind to, he would do it. It doesn't matter how much shorter he was than everyone else. It doesn't matter, you know, what his history and his background and life was like growing up, like when he came to play, he was there and he brought it all on the court and gave no fucks. (laughs) And I think to me like that really, even off the court, you know, like I think to me that's really what stood out for me about AI is just his drive, his willpower and being uniquely himself um which is something like you know at 29 i try to do every single day and it's something that i you know credit him for and kind of instilling in me at a really young age so yeah it's always been ai for me
1: it's not easy being yourself all the time is it like you want to hope or fantasize about being somebody else or living a different life but i think alan iverson like epitomizes like you can only be you I mean, if if people like it, great. If people don't, they don't. But there's only one of the one way to roll about it. Um, he is such, I think, an integral part of this All Star Weekend. Like he was for so many years. Just like, even if he wasn't like scoring the most points that year, let's say Kobe or LeBron or somebody else was getting MVP, like this Iverson being in the cut was just like. That's where he belongs, like amongst the panthe- like top pantheon of players, and he's a rule breaker in the best way. Um, well, I- I'm curious then. So, like, what what were what were the first like sneakers to kind of like bridge the gap between basketball and then footwear, like a love for footwear? Was it Iversons or somebody else?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it started with question mids for sure, um, because I just wanted to be like my idol at the time. Everything I did had to be like him from the sweatbands, the armbands, my shorts being insanely too big on me at the time. Um, it really started with question mids. And then, you know, I think as I grew older, that's when I started to dabble in other silhouettes, such as, you know, the TMAC twos, Jordan 18s are a standout for me. 17s as well. Um, and also skate shoes. Like, I grew up, a lot of my friends were guys. And so it was always like DCs, etnies vans, um, soaps as well. Like, I can remember being in the playground with my soaps on, busting my ass a couple times. <laughs> but um, it was kind of like this keep up or shut up mentality that I had. I never really got along with a lot of the girls that I grew up with. They were, you know, involved in like cheerleading and other things that I just like wasn't into at the time and all of my friends are guys. So I had to keep up and sneakers was also kind of a segue for me to be able to keep up with them. Um, not only like athletically, but also through just what we were into at the time. Uh, and then shocks I would say too, was kind of the segue from like a basketball sneaker into like a lifestyle shoe as I got older. Um, And it's hard. Like, thinking back, I don't even remember, like, which models I had. Um, But, yeah. You just named all the
1: important ones.
2: Yeah. Shocks were a big part of my childhood, too, which is kind of funny.
1: So, we're talking, like, runner shocks, not Vince Carter shocks, right? Like, NZs.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, I I used to have, like, the team, whatever the team uh, shock was, like, when they used to do the team colorways.
1: Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh,
2: And then... God. yeah and then eventually it evolved into like a runner um yeah
1: that's just such a fun i mean soaps those are the ones that you could grind on right
2: mm-hmm. yep yep
1: this the novel ideas of everything you kind of listed off there so you got shocks which is definitely a novel idea you know you have the questions but then soaps i mean it sounds like you could have even messed around with some like chris weber dodos or something something oh just...
2: i had the spinners yeah i had those
1: <sighs> that's magical Competition's a great thing because you had every brand i mean obviously soaps aren't trying to be basketball shoes but just making a lane you, you saw healy's pop off so like hey might as well make a grinding specific version i wonder what kids have now have you seen what kids is it still i don't,
2: I don't know, know what they do i don't even think kids are like into like It's weird. I feel like a lot of Gen Z and maybe I'm completely off on this, but I feel like they're more into sneakers for the resale purposes, not necessarily because of the love and the stories that we grew up on. Um, but also we grew up in a time where social media and like the resale market was not really a thing. So Mm -hmm. it's very different.
1: That's tough. If, if roles were reversed and you were that age now, like it's hard not to be enticed by making $200. If you're, 14 15 16 that's like a lot of money that's a come-up.
2: Yeah, and also like you know the people that a lot of these Teenagers are looking up to like, you know, Billy Eilish. who's dripped out Constantly, you know, mm-hmm. you want to be like your idols and back then like our idols if they were it wasn't as in your face as it is today So it's not really that urge to try and get all this money to be able to afford the same things that you know those people are wearing
1: That's an interesting take because obviously the jewelry is a whole different category. You couldn't afford that. But for the most part, it was like acquirable jeans and t-shirts and then sneakers that you could in theory go buy that afternoon. Of course, people have always had exclusive crazy sneakers. So back in the early two thousands, there were people with samples and stuff too. But for the most part, you see something you liked on somebody you thought was cool. You could go get something really similar. (laughs) <laughs> and not have to be like a fake Gucci like Billie Eilish like oh i i can't afford that jumpsuit, so i'm going to go buy where 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 would you go canal street to go buy like a fake <laughs> i
2: guess yeah 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 it's difficult yeah and then to go online and be made fun of by your peers because yeah gen z is savage with that at times so it's um it's a tough world these kids are growing up in i feel for them a lot
1: so I'm curious then what does, like, what's, what's your take with what you do? So you're, um, how would you best describe what you do? Like, what's your title, new title coming up or however? So
2: yeah, I mean, full, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and LCSW, um, who is a psychotherapist in private practice. And then I just kind of describe all the other stuff I do as like digital, like a digital creator. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know how to, group all that I do into like a short sentence but yeah I do a lot of different things and I really like all of the things that I do.
1: Commas are okay. Commas are good in money, (laughs) titles, whatever you want to do with it. So then with those hats in your bag how do you see like are kids going to be okay growing up in this sneaker community where it's just like you're going to get roasted if you try to get something similar that's not the authentic, but you can't get the authentic like are we putting kids in like like precarious situations through sneakers?
2: Uh, I wouldn't even necessarily, you know, just say it's only sneakers. I think it mm. has a lot to do with social media um and like hype culture in general. Uh and it's hard. Like, these kids, they're not working full-time. They're not making money. And it's like, at a point, how do you teach kids to create a healthy relationship with that, but also to be realistic about what's attainable when you're 15, 16, 17, and not mm-hmm. working full-time? Um, and it's hard. It's hard. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that play into it. Uh Social media being a a big one Uh, and just, yeah, like the having access to like literally anything and everything, all different types of information and, you know, the ability to go online and and say really amazing things, but on the reverse, like really hurtful things to someone from behind a computer screen where you have really no repercussions of that. Um, And for some people, even creating fake accounts and being trolls, you know, like it happens and yeah it affects a lot of them
1: yeah. I'm very curious what that's gonna look like and I'm sure studies are being done now where it's like what is this gonna look like 30 years from now when these kids are grown up but I don't even think of like the money thing Like we're adults we have jobs but being a teenager and lusting over things and not having a means to get it just because you're a kid like this no situation really faulting you, just you're a kid. <laughs> you're supposed to be going to school and not worrying about Gucci right now. So that's that's interesting. Mental health is such an interesting conversation that keeps getting brought up. I think in sports more and more over the past couple of years, it's becoming less taboo to say, hey, I need help or there's something going on behind my scenes. Like, I need something here. And that's one of the more powerful, I think, transitions we're seeing as, like, a culture of people, human beings living in a society, being able to say, hey, mental health is okay and I need help. So, like, what's the importance, not in sneakers, but just in general, like, what's the importance of having, like, good mental health or, like, how does somebody start, like, I don't, see, I don't even know how to really phrase that question in the best way, but, like, why mental health? And, and why is it so important in 2021?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we all have to come to terms with the fact that every single one of us has mental health. We also all have physical health. Mental health and mental illness or having a mental disorder are two different things. So, you know, just as much as we take care of our physical health to kind of prevent any physical conditions from happening to ourselves... It's very similar with mental health. We have to take care of our mental health on the regular, to make sure that we are in a good state of mind um, to be able to function at work, school, with friends, with family. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's it seems pretty simple, but at the same time, it's it's hard because, like you said, it is really taboo to talk about feelings and emotions. It's it's not easy to go up to someone and be like, hey, I'm feeling really down today, and I've constantly am crying whereas you know going up to someone and being like "Ah, I don't feel good my stomach really hurts like it's so much more common and accepted in society today but when you think of it on a broader you zoom out and you look at it from a broader perspective it's pretty much the same thing so I don't you know we have to get to a point as a society where we can feel comfortable saying that to other people but also accepting that it's normal accepting that Everyone at some point in our lives feels, you know, a range of emotions and that we are prepared to support people when that happens. Because I think that's also what plays into the taboo is that, you know, when someone comes to us with some serious mental health concerns or, you know, whatever they're going through, we don't really know how to respond. Um, So we often say, oh, just keep your head up or um, just stay positive. And, you know, like, no shit. (laughs) Like, that's like the worst thing to say to someone in those moments. Um. So I think we need, you know, as a, as a society, as a country, as a, you know, world to figure out, uh, more actionable items when it comes to mental health and supporting one another. But
1: that's great. So, I mean, what does it look like to bridge mental health and your job, like your, your your training it's not 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 just your job it's like a it's bigger than a job for you i'm I'm guessing but it's like how do you bridge that world to sports and i guess one step further into sneakers like how do those all come together in your life like how do you make that work
2: i think for me it it first started with it just being who i am like i love sneakers i grew up playing sports and i am a therapist like literally my three worlds kind of crashing into one and for the longest time especially when it came to social media or even within my career I always felt a little bit on the outside um I'm not the stereotypical therapist and I know there's a lot of other therapists out there like me but when you see you know therapists portrayed in like movies or in like just different
1: video games, yeah,
2: yeah, video games, anything, any like public forum. um, They're always kind of like buttoned up. They use this like very clinical language and you know, there, there have been so many people who have experiences where they said like, I just feel like my therapist doesn't get me. And I feel like that as a therapist, sometimes with my colleagues and you know, nothing against them. They're amazing and they're very talented, but like, you know, we are all at the end of the day, as a therapist, all of us are all human beings too. We also have our own interests and hobbies outside of our careers. And mine just happen to be sneakers and sports. So, you know, what I started to see over the last couple of years is, you know, talking to friends, talking to families and other people in, in different communities that I'm involved in is that was a very similar sentiment is that, you know, we don't really necessarily feel like our therapist gets it or understands why social media might be a a big impact in our life or why i love Seeker so much or you know whatever it may be mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what normalized it for me was to say like okay you know i love basketball and when i go and play basketball it's a way i kind of release a lot of frustration or anger or emotions but when you think of mental health and therapists telling you how to take care of yourself it's usually like meditation or deep breathing or like these textbook practices um, which for me personally, I don't really always do. Uh, I find my own creative ways. So that's kind of where I try to connect the dots is by showing people that, you know, you can use seekers to help positively impact your mental health. You can use sports. And on the flip side, like, you know, as a professional athlete, like as a fan of the NBA, you know, keeping in mind that these men are, and women in the WNBA are human beings. They have personal lives outside of this career path and, you know, they are trying to go on the court and play their best every night, but it's not always easy to not let some of the other stuff kind of come onto the court with you. So trying to also educate people, like, you know, just we're, we're all human at the end of the day and to keep that in mind.
1: So could it be something like go wear a pair of sneakers that makes you happy and go shoot hoops for a half an hour? Could that be,
2: if it works for you, mm-hmm. yeah if that means looking down at a, a pair of shoes and those shoes serve as like a reminder that of a ha- happy memory or you know a certain color makes you feel good or you feel confident in yourself because you have these shoes on that you really like, it's all about the emotions that they evoke for people, you know and um, even cleaning a pair of shoes like people talk about mindfulness, you know and Often meditation is associated with mindfulness, but something as simple as picking up a scrubbing brush and some Jason Mark and going and cleaning your shoes is mindfulness. You know, you're focused in that moment. You're cleaning the dirt from your shoes. You're focused on what you're doing and not thinking about the other stressors in our lives. It's really just about being present in that moment. And so, you know, if you can go play basketball and shoot hoops for 30 minutes and you're fully invested in that moment and it's helping you and so be it that's really what it's all about is finding our own unique ways to take care of ourselves that work for us
1: cleaning thinkers is why cleaning sneakers is why you're a professional it's like dang man like i would have even thought of that but it's so true you can't be typing like you're in there you're in that zone unless you want to like mess up and get your suede um mess up and you're not being mindful that's super interesting. Could it also be something like go confront the pair of sneakers in your closet that like has a negative connotation, or like negative feel?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And if that's something that you need to release, if there's like an a, a, an attachment with those shoes for whatever reason, you know, and you've gotten to the point where you're ready to say goodbye, sometimes it could be really cathartic or therapeutic to like shred them up you know, and if that's something you want to do or sell them, just sell Mm -hmm. them or get rid of them or donate them, you know, whatever it might be. But yeah, like, you know, even with customizing sneakers, like it's not something I personally do. I'm not like the most artistic person, but I think that's amazing, you know, because you're really tapping into your creativity and not only getting inspiration uh, from the process, but it's also, you know, a form of self-care. And I think like, you know, we need to think outside the box when it comes to this kind of stuff. So that's kind of what I try to help people understand.
1: Hmm. I might have to go office space on a pair of old air force ones in my closet and just beat them up. Um, literally that's, that's, that's a funny mental image. I love that. Uh, But it's good that we acknowledge both like the happy good times that like a sneaker could bring or like the negative or sad times. I want to segue that until the nike um, air max 270 react collab you have that was called in my feels that's such like a a common just like internet term nowadays like why why is that important to you because we kind of touched on it a bit but like why in my feels
2: i think honestly at the time it was definitely a play off of drake um the drake song um it was like a popular song at the time and Mm
1: -hmm it worked first at the end of the day, it (laughs) worked. So that's what matters.
2: Yeah. I didn't really think too much into the name, honestly. Like it was more of like the design behind it, but um, it made sense. It was relevant at the time. And, you know, when you think about it, like being in your feels, people often associate that with like being sad or mad or, you know, the negative things, but in your feels could be being really happy or excited. You know, it could be, any feeling, so that's something I tried. It I tried to communicate through that release is that you know, in your feels, doesn't always have to be a, a negative connotation.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna use that to play a little game with you. Okay. Based around in my feels, so I'm gonna ask you to give me a sneaker that makes you happy. What what's a sneaker that like you think of a sneaker and it's like that shoe makes me happy.
0: Uh,
2: answer four.
1: Okay. Any specific colorway or just All Star Uh, Weekend? You're thinking about it.
2: Maybe the step over colorway, which I don't have. Uh, One day. But yeah. What
1: sneaker makes you angry? Like, for any reason, it's angry.
2: Uh, What do you think? That's a tough one. Um, Looking at my collection right now. Currently at Dunk.
1: Because you can't get, why is the duck making you mad?
2: Because you can't can't get them, but also because I think it's now just a little played out. Um, yeah. And I just, it's a shoe that a couple of years ago you could find in Ross for $30 and now you can't get a pair. Um,
1: that's, the, so that's the damn truth.
2: Makes me a little angry just to think about the evolution over the last couple of years.
1: How about a sad one so not angry but anger and sad oh. are two different feelings
2: yeah yeah i'm looking at my i'm just looking over at my shoes now um
1: or maybe one that's not in there that makes you sad because you didn't get it what's a recent miss that you're like man i wish i had that one
2: probably my ultimate grail would be a tom Sachs mars yard that yeah
1: the, the overshoe or the first one? The or?
2: first one or the 2.0, either of them. um Yeah, I don't really care for the overshoe as much, but. That's
1: yeah. kind of like the Dunks, but on a whole different scale. That shoe has no business being like $4,000, however much it is now, has no business being that much. How about a sneaker that makes you hungry? There's so many food themed shoes.
2: <laughs> the, the bacons. Yes. <laughs>
1: Very timely with I that know. one.
2: I know. That's
1: very a good soon. one. Okay. I'm trying to think of what's what's one more good feeling? I'm trying to for a more positive one other than it is happy.
2: Excited. excited?
1: Excited. What are you excited about?
2: Um I am pro I would say um a new balance nine ninety two. Okay. Uh I just it's a very versatile shoe and I think it's something that i just really love what new balance has been doing the last 2 or 3 years. um so it makes me excited for their future. That's
1: How about so one more sorry. that just came to mind? <laughs> new balance is such on a rise right now. You're yeah. one of many people who are just like I'm digging it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that's a powerful thing. What is it just that 990? Like what's what's brought you into the game of new balance?
2: Um honestly like Just, like, comfort-wise, like, it's a shoe that, like, I could pair with literally anything. Uh, If it's, like, a V4, a V5, a uh, 990, any of them. Um, And then, also, I just really love the collaborations that they've been putting out. Um, Todd Snyder, the Duck Camos, they're super super nice. Um, And I feel like they're... It's just, yeah, the ALD, the 550s that they just re-released. I Fire. was happy to see them bring those back. And I like the sentiment of, like, the international friendship through basketball. Um, yeah, it just brought a lot of happy memories back. So it makes me excited for their future to see, like, what um, what's to come.
1: That's so cool. We got a couple different feelings at A New Balance there. And yeah. so I have one more last one for sure. The last one, what sneaker makes you feel nostalgic?
2: Oh, the Jordan 17.
1: And that was the instant answer. Why is that I the instant think. answer?
2: I have like a personal story with that shoe that I think I, yeah. i like, it's it was a story that will stay with me forever. And it's, it's like a really funny, it's kind of silly. It's not even like a really like heartfelt story, but, it's yours. Um yeah, it's mine. And it kind of last year it came full circle. So the story I guess I'll share a little bit of it is fifth grade, you know, East Bay catalog, circling the shoe a million times. I think it dropped in like the summer going into fifth grade and my parents were like, "I'm not spending $200 on a shoe for you or whatever the price was at the time." And I was like, "Mom, I need the briefcase. Like I need the the briefcase." So she was like, all right, they're your back-to-school shoes. I'll get them for you, we have you we can't wear them until August comes. So she got them for me, and then by the time school hit, I had outgrew them. I had a growth spurt. No! <laughs> so she ends up giving them to my teacher in fifth grade, who was this like, petite little woman who thought they were cool, and my mom just like gave them to her. And I've never really let her live it down. And then last – not this past Christmas, the year before, my mom – Found like a OG pair um, in a, in my size and gifted them to me. So, yeah, that was cool.
1: With the briefcase.
2: With the briefcase Man. and the, the the CD and the team the team Jordan CD. Yes. Yeah.
1: Was she expecting you to go to school like if those shoes fit like with the Jordan briefcase like going to class like with the backpack and a briefcase or like the briefcase is your backpack like you sold you I feel like you sold it with the Inclusion of a briefcase like back to school mom briefcase like what's what's the reasoning there
2: i don't yeah. know i mean n- my mom probably at this point isn't surprised with anything that i do um i've always been like the kid who just never followed the, the crowd so mm-hmm. she i think she's proud of that and I think if i wanted to go with this to school at the time with the briefcase she would have supported it and been like hell yeah do it put that's whatever you stuff. want in there <laughs> so yeah that's cool
1: that was such a time to be a teen pre-teen because i would circle i mean like every jersey on a page and be like so i'm gonna get one of these right like I, I circled like every single one in this catalog like you're gonna hit me with a jersey and then i would get one that isn't circled and like man it de- and then as an adult, the one they got me was definitely just on sale and they went to the store, didn't go to East Bay. Like, I understand their logic, but the 17, 18, such a, such a great t- – 18s were my first pair of Jordans. So I ended up getting 17s at an outlet, I think, after the 18s, I believe. Weird Nike stuff going on at that time. But just so much fun circling and hoping. Another feel, hope. I hope I'm getting these parents – came with the towel and I remember bringing the towel with me thinking like I'm gonna like get my sweat off someone stole the towel I would have too like honestly as a teenager I'm not mad about it as an adult I'm not mad about it but that's what teenagers are gonna do who knows but yeah I still had the brush too um and the pear yeah my parents were doing garage sales like whatever you do do not get rid of those 18s um you didn't miss out on stuff though so all the shoes you've brought up as like meaning something you would just roll up and get like 18s were they were the cool new Jordan model and people to this day love the cool new Jordan model I love the 35 34s are cool etc etc but like you would just roll up and get it what's it like nowadays from like a mental health perspective the inability to get sneakers and, and i'm not talking just nike but the adidas has their confirmed app every boutique has their own little internet setup so it could be any culprit nowadays like is it is it bad for our mental health taking all these losses <laughs>
2: uh, i think it really depends on our ability to function outside of it like is if mm-hmm. it's getting to a point where we're not doing anything else for ourselves and it's the only thing we're focusing on and we have like almost a problem with hoarding too much shoes or, you know, we're getting super angry and throwing and slamming things and we take an L, then maybe it's time to like give yourself a break and just kind of check in with yourself. But I think, you know, it's normal. Like you get that epinephrine and norepinephrine rush, you know, you're trying to, you know, even for me, like my hands are all sweaty, like right before, you know, I have my two other, I have like two private practice phones. So Luckily, Mm -hmm. I have three try three three attempts for sneakers app. I feel like I'm so hip, but I know like there's people out there way more than me. You got your burners. Um,
1: (laughs) You're making it work.
2: I'm yeah, and I'm like trying. My hands are sweaty, and it's like it gives you that sense of hope. Maybe this time, you know. Maybe even though you know, like your track record sucks and it's never gonna hit, but it's like that what if feeling, you know. And especially after this last year, like we need that sense of hope we need that um feeling of something good might happen uh and then if you get the l and hopefully you're able to carry on with your day and not let those feelings kind of follow you throughout the rest of your day or week but yeah i think part of it is it's part of the game
1: so I'm purposely trying to ask questions where it's just, like, you don't have to preface it with, like, this is not a real consultation. Um, What is... So, I have some, like, sneaker problems or some sneaker things that I think correlate with either positive or negative mental health things. So, I'm going to shoot an example at you, and I'm going to get your vibe for it. So, you just said hoarding. So, like, can sneakers, like... How can one learn to step away from sneaker hoarding from like a like looking within themselves like all right i have a problem in here with how many jordan ones i have like how can one start to identify that or
2: yeah, i think it's really just trying to get a better understanding of your relationship with sneakers and what exactly it is that you feel that attachment to um and you know, for everyone, it's different. It really depends, and it, a lot of it has to do with probably past relationships or past, or not relationships, but past experiences or past traumas that may have happened in our life. That whatever we, those feelings we were lacking or, or not receiving, we're getting that with our shoes. Um, and so it's like kind of walking this fine line of what's a healthy attachment. first, what's not a healthy attachment, and you know, having like a huge collection of shoes and keeping your functioning and you're, you know, not going into crazy amounts of debt and, you know, you're still able to like do everything else in your life, that's that's normal and that's healthy. But when it gets to a point where sneakers and I don't know, fitted hats and uh I don't know, Funko Pops, bear bri like you're collecting every single thing of everything that drops, like, then it might be a good time to like, all right, let me take a step back and assess like what about it? Do I actually like this, or am I doing it because of the rush it's giving me? You know, when I do take a win, or the attachment that I have to these objects. Um, and where can I find those feelings within other fa- facets of my life that might be healthier um, than what I'm doing now?
1: Mm-hmm. Could I maybe tone down from four things I collect down to two? Type yeah. Deal.
2: Yeah. And I think that's realistic. Like, you know, you know, when people talk about like quitting nicotine or, you know, any type of thing that you're maybe addicted to or hooked on or have a strong attachment to going cold Turkey and just going like zero to a hundred is like not realistic. So <sighs> no, it's, it's not those baby steps, you know, any goal you're trying to achieve. It's not like, you, it's not going to happen overnight. You have to Think about, like, the smart um, incremental steps it takes to get there and celebrate those small victories on the way. Because if you don't, you're going to just set yourself up for failure.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's not always necessarily a bad thing to collect sneakers if, like, your rent's paid and, like... I'm trying to spin this to somebody who is listening and like, I'm still going to keep collecting people. Like, give me something positive here. So like, you're not doing anything wrong. If your life's in order and you have a thousand pairs of sneakers, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you're social functioning, work functioning, your bills are paid, you're doing everything you got to do and you're feeling good about it. Keep, keep going, keep doing it. If it's not affecting any the other facets of your life, then it's not, it's not hurtful.
1: Mm hmm. What's a couple pairs that have been in your rotation then? we're gonna round out here with just some like more sneaker fun. So I see you looking at your wall over there. What are some pairs that have been finding their way onto your feet more often than not?
2: Uh, lately, I've been wearing the Solehi Bembury Anta twos. Uh, <sighs> th- yeah. That Can you grab it? Is it close enough to grab? Yeah, let me go. Yeah, go for
1: it. Cause yeah. Now that's a shoe i know a lot of people have seen i know a lot of people have seen this on the internet but may not have put the dots together
2: um so i was very lucky i follow the be a sponge account and i had commented like i signed up for the passcode it didn't you know i got the passcode by the time i got on i think i was in a session and by the time i got done my session they were gone and then like Someone had, like, replied to my comment on one of the posts saying, like, oh, there's women's sizes available. And I went on right away. And I don't know what happened, but I, I got lucky and I got this pair. And I've been – they're the most comfortable, like, shoe I have worn in a very long time. I actually just went on StockX and got an, another colorway. Um, I'm, obs- I'm obsessed. I love them. Um, and they're Antas. Yeah. Ooh. And they are – and I I'm, like. I didn't even want the white. It was just what they had available, and I you know, lucked out, and I'm happy because they're...
1: I've never seen the all white. I've seen a couple yeah. different, but that white's clean. Yeah. That cage yeah. system. Yeah. I don't know what he did. I mean, he used to be the Louis Vuitton head designer, right?
2: I think Versace.
1: Versace. Yeah. yeah. But there's some crazy vibes I, in that shoe.
2: Yeah. It's... I, everything he does, I think, is so intentional and there's such a story behind it um yeah i think like everything he touches is phenomenal so very happy to have these and excited for the other colorway to come in because i'm literally going to be like living in these all summer they're amazing
1: so here's a hot take for everybody concerned and Maybe beating themselves down mentally for like losing on sneakers all the time. There's other shoes out there in the world because that's a pair you might not see. Obviously, it's a little more coveted, so it's not going to be something you just walk into a store and buy. But you just said it's insanely comfortable and the most comfortable shoes you've worn in a while. Nothing else looks like that shoe. So maybe instead of like beating your head against a wall, like trying on sneakers over and over again and taking your 18th L. Why don't you go on another platform or something and try getting a pair of those or something? Like there's other shoes in the world. Like you can look around and you can be very pleasantly surprised. Like that might not have been a shoe. Like you, you were never drawn to Anta before that, right?
2: No, not really. Um, no.
1: Now that you're on your feet though, can't change it. I have to say the same thing. I've been wearing these on these on uh Cloud Ultras, like this is their lifestyle type shoe. And it's still not super lifestyle y, still very techy. But I tried to wear my UNLV dunks yesterday, and they were the single most uncomfortable shoes I've worn in a very long time. That shoe was not made right. It's like straight up, it feels like I was wearing two lefts, not happening. This might look a little more techy, a little dorky, whatever. I don't think it's dorky, but to somebody else it might be. But the single most comfortable thing I've worn this week and probably two weeks so it's like there's other shoes more than dunks like you said you could buy them for 30 dollars a couple of years ago it's not that serious chill out maybe take these opportunities to go try a nice anti shoe or an on what's give me one more pair before we leave like what's what's one more uh, pair
2: the forums the 84s i'm yes. actually really happy that adidas brought those back um and i i hope that they don't overdo it i really hope that they keep the like, the rollout of in twenty twenty one of the forums, like
1: you got the blue pair, the white and blue, or yeah,
2: actually, let me grab them.
1: <laughs> I should have told you this beforehand. Normally, I give people a heads up, like, hey, we're gonna be trying to show shoes in hand, but I just hit Liz last second. Man, you really? got little baby feet.
2: Yeah, I'm seven men, seven and a half. <laughs> so I have the blue, the vintage, um, and then these were the icy park. Beyonce collab which I'm not Beyonce fans don't come at me But I'm not the biggest like Beyonce Person yeah you don't have to be uh, But these are Very very nice um, And then they did the Lowe's Which was like a New York Exclusive uh,
1: Those are super Clean
2: yeah and they My friend Yaya actually I, You had to like find her Scan her phone in order to get A pair and yeah, these are these are all right. And then they just sent me the lows. Um,
1: yeah, hold up. So what was that process? That's like a real kind of like limited sneaker thing. Like
2: yeah, uh, that's they some did New York like comp- shit.
1: No one else gets.
2: <laughs> they did like a competition with a couple people in New York, and hold it up whoever, a little bit. Whoever sold the most pairs, uh, essentially won, and then proceeds went to a charity. And so my friend Yaya was uh doing it i hit her i hit her up and met up and i bought a pair and i'm not even like a nick person or a met person i'm a philly diehard through and through so the new york touch to them doesn't really do too much for me i'm sorry anyone in new york that's listening don't hate me but uh i think the the rollout for these was what really got me is just like it was cool to see that they were giving back. and It was really small. It was like a small scale thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's like they they represent the five boroughs. So on the back, it actually has like. Oh,
1: I see it. The boroughs. Yeah. Uh, and you can see the five on the tongue. That's so clean. Is that black or like a dark Navy? along black. the blue? Yeah, it's oh, black. Yeah. Oh man.
2: And then this is like a 3M material here. Uh, and then this is like a um, chenille.
1: Yeah. See, sneakers can still be fun sometimes. I, I'll bitch about them not being that fun, but I've never seen those before. You go swipe your, I mean, scan your friend's phone, help a good cause, something limited. And the the um, the Ivy Park stuff, it looks different enough to the the OG or the vintage looking form you had there too, but still like a little spice to it. So yeah. that's all. Those are three very different takes on the same shoe. Yeah. And that's what makes me feel excited.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. Um, fun times.
1: <laughs> that's great. So that's kind of the end of our episode, Liz. Like, what's some things you're working on? Is there anything you want to plug? Like, we're at the end of a Hot Ones episode. What are you working on?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm in private practice now in New York State. So if you're in New York and you need a therapist, hit me up. Um, And then I have some projects coming out in May for Mental Health Awareness Month and a nice little collab with someone I I won't say who, but you can probably connect the dots. It's a podcast that I've been on before um, with his brand. So I'm very excited to see that roll out and have people see what we've worked on because I think it's going to be useful um, and impactful.
1: So, yeah. and we're excited to see it if you don't know um liz has done a couple different collabs you did one with lebron and unknown his shop unknown right mm-hmm. yep. and then the nike stuff mm-hmm. there's another one i'm missing right
2: yeah the hundreds
1: the hundreds
2: yeah last may
1: so you're not new to it we're very excited to see um about when will we get more information about that
2: Ho- hopefully april-ish um we're all we're in production now we're just waiting for production samples to get back and then uh Hopefully, we'll be starting to tease some of the collection.
1: Whoop-de-whoop. That's awesome. Where can they find you online? What's your handle?
2: Um, Liz, the letter B, and then Croft, like Tomb Raider. And uh, that's, yeah, on all Instagram Twitter.
1: That's some (laughs) 90s stuff right there. That's beautiful. Well, Liz, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing a little bit about your story and sneakers you like, how they intertwine. With mental health as a twine how they um, intersect <laughs> with mental health and all that great stuff it was so much fun having you thank you make so sure much you're following me. her
2: <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank
1: you back Alrighty, everybody have a good day thanks for tuning in
0: hey y'all nick ingvall here before you take off i want to thank you for listening to the sneaker history podcast It really means a lot that you would spend a portion of your week hanging with us, and if there are any ways that we can improve the podcast for you, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory and join us for as little as 5 bucks a month. That also gets you access to our Discord group, which is a lot of fun. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We just started uploading our videos there now, so you can watch the video version of the pod and a lot more. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. It's a small gesture that can go a really long way to making somebody's day a little bit better. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.